the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Welcome to the One Fab Day Wedding Podcast, your weekly helping of the sparkly stuff and the serious stuff that comes with wedding planning. Today we're doing a bit of both because our topic is how to throw an amazing hen party. From the strippers to the pornographic straws and the spa weekends to the monster karaoke sessions, we'll be hashing out what makes a brilliant hen night or weekend and what makes a bad one. Hey, Selena, you helped plan my hen and it was pretty fabulous. Well, thank you. I would like to take credit for the whole thing and I will because I did most of the work. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah, lie. I didn't want to say Selena planned my whole hen or Selena was part of the troop, but I, I wasn't quite sure who. who Me and your pal Kira basically did the whole thing by ourselves. Good. Yeah, she's, she's good for it. There were cocktails, there was karaoke, there was a fabulous Italian meal. Yeah, there was me and your husband's mam duetting Careless Whisper. Yeah. Which I'll never forget. Coco Coco Cabana? Is that the song? Coco Cabana. Cabana. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we did a a conga conga line line. around the karaoke booth. Yeah. uh, My favourite thing about the process was that you gave us some direction. Thank you. You you basically said, look, I want a dinner and karaoke and embellish the rest, which is exactly what we did. Yeah. I set up a WhatsApp group with everyone I wanted involved and then ejected myself. Which sounds dramatic, <laughs> but actually it's it's totally what I would suggest for brides to do. It's really handy to get everyone introduced and then go, I'm not supposed to be working on this, so see you all. Yes, there's definitely loads for us to talk about when it comes to hem parties. So yeah, can't wait to get into the tips. One Fab Day Expert Wedding Tips. Here at One Fab Day, we love nothing more than imparting wedding planning tips to help any couple who's in the midst of wedding planning. And Selena has one such tip for us to share today. I do. So this tip, you know, might be obvious to some couples and then it might blow the minds of others. But my tip is to consider guests who are one of a number of issues. So if they're elderly, if they're pregnant, if they have dietary requirements or access requirements for the venue. So I think this is a good opportunity if you're planning a wedding to pause the episode and ask yourself, go through the guest list in your mind and see if you have guests that fall into any of those categories. Because once you realise that someone on the list has certain requirements, you know, what to do becomes obvious, but it's just considering them that sometimes couples forget to do because they're, you know, doing a hundred other million things at once. I think there's so much focus on a couple, you know, doing things their way and trying to suit themselves and not worry about what some auntie thinks or some cousin thinks. But when it comes to someone with genuine needs and requirements, I do think it's it's very worthwhile to consider whether it's access or something to do with the menu or just having a chat with the venue and letting them know that this person will be there. Yeah. And if you're not sure what to do, just ask the guests, ask them what they need. Like we've seen loads of cute things in our real weddings, like people make little pregnancy packs for like heavily pregnant women so they can, you know, enjoy the day and make sure there's chairs for people who need them and all that kind of thing. The requirements do become really obvious, but sometimes it's just, you know, getting it all sorted that you completely forget. So this is your cue to do that. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. Now, as we mentioned in the intro, Claire and I have done a fair bit of hen party planning in our time and we've made a few mistakes along the way as well. So in this episode, we wanted to distill all of that experience into some really handy and practical tips for you. And of course, we had to don a fail and bride squad Any excuse to wear badges for this episode. Yes. So just know that we're well attired. Um, sure. Claire, where do you think we should start with the tips? You number one absolute tip has to be to tailor your hen to the bride. So whoever she is, whether she's like glam and into like cocktails and a big night out dancing, or if she wants something a little more, a little more low key and laid back, make sure that you give her a hen that fits. Yeah, I think the point that we mentioned in our intro about you know you giving us 
a very basic brief for your hen was really helpful. So I think it's worth asking for that as well. You know, ask them maybe like, could you sum up the hen party you want in like two words or something? And if they say like cocktails and canapes or whatever, like there you have, you know, your cue to work from. Because I don't think the bride necessarily wants to be taking on like a lot of the labour of planning yeah, the party. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to give her any more to do, but it's definitely good to ask her for pointers. And if she says she doesn't mind or, oh, do whatever, then maybe think about what kind of party she'd plan herself if she had free reign and kind of take it from there. I remember when I threw myself a 30th and I remember everyone like on the night was kept saying to me, um, oh, are you having a good night? And I kept being like, obviously, I planned this for myself. <laughs> like I picked literally all the things I like and put them in this night. So, yeah, I'm having a good time. <laughs> so if you can try and get into the bride's mindset or maybe think of, I suppose, if she has planned parties for herself or if she has, you know, the last time she arranged, you know, a big night out, you know, what did she pick? If you can kind of get into her brain for a few minutes and and think what would she like that's probably the best starting point yeah and I think the reverse of that as well is to not do anything you have a feeling she wouldn't like so if you don't think she'd like you to go on a big weekend away then don't plan a weekend abroad if there's people that you're not sure if she'd like there don't ask them don't get strippers if that's her absolute worst nightmare which it was for you Claire yes we were Uh, warned (laughs) yes severely Uh, don't like four shots if that's not the kind of girl she is so it's I think it's just in general on both sides try and just treat her and give her the best night possible it's a really tricky one because so many women have loads of different groups of pals and friends and you know your pal who's getting married she might have like a really wild night out vibe with her work friends let's say they might go out for shots on a Friday night but with you it's a lot more like tea and yoga so it can be kind of hard to strike that balance yeah, sometimes. Yeah I find sisters sometimes have a, a different indication of what a best friend might think for a hen so that's why I think it's also a good idea to even if you only have one bridesmaid or just not to plan a hen on your own if you're the bridesmaid and if you're the bride to kind of put a little committee together of different people that know you in different ways and will be able to come to some kind of arrangement between them of, of your perfect night out. I think the small committee is the perfect way to go. I have a lot of thoughts on the topic of the WhatsApp thread. Like, So yes. you mentioned earlier you made a WhatsApp thread for us and you exited and then we all, you know, commenced planning but I do think it's good to narrow down the amount of people who are doing the planning like I think three or four is probably enough like you don't want a hen party whatsapp group that has 40 people in it all going like oh I don't like that bar or whatever it's just too much to control Yeah. yeah so that's why having bridesmaids I suppose is handy because it becomes one of their roles to take it on and like project manage it or whatever um but if that's not happening like in your case Claire where you're not having bridesmaids it's good to just have one or two people who step up and go okay we're gonna take this on see is see is on the night uh we're going into our own whatsapp thread where we're gonna you know do the logistics of it it's fine to ask everyone's opinion and like obviously when it comes to things like setting the date you need to make sure everyone is involved but yeah i'm not really a fan of like 20 women planning a night together they're never going to agree to be just a handful of leaders and then like they can let the the rest of them know what the plan is then yeah absolutely and when it comes to what you actually do on a hen I think it's a good idea to be creative and think outside the box so we all know the like going out dancing doing cocktail masterclass 
painting someone in the nip. All yeah, of those kind of I, I have done that. It was very awkward. He was very uncomfortable and I won a prize for the best drawing, which oh, I felt... No, I felt really uncomfortable about it because the prize was like another session oh. and the man's face just dropped like I have to do this again oh. yeah so I mean did you go back no they never gave me my prize and oh. I was very happy with that. fair enough but yeah there's lots of other things you can do so say for example we had a friend last year who we threw a hen for and she really likes going swimming in Dublin Bay and she just really likes having a few beers and chilling out with her friends so that's what we did we met on the beach had some beers went back to her sister's house ate some really nice veggie food and just hung out and it was really lovely and it didn't have to be the formulaic hen which I think she was actually dreading the idea of it was funny because when we were telling people like in the office like we're going on a hen you know everyone has this expectation and they kind of would all look at us and go like you're going to a hen wearing that oh yeah the dress code was harem pants (laughs) yeah we all were basically wearing like pajamas which actually turned out amazing we had the most comfortable night (laughs) of all of our lives um but yeah I think people kind of expect heels have to be involved yeah a sequin dress has to be involved you know and not everyone's into that especially there are so many uh brides now who are really into like fitness and wellness retreats would be much more up their bag than like a night out on the tiles so yeah as well there's also like a lot of foodie brides who'd prefer to go for a really nice like five course meal over a whole evening then to kind of rush a dinner and then go out dancing or you could do something like wine and cheese tasting or whiskey tasting or something a little bit more sophisticated if that's what she's into you should kind of I think let your imagination run wild in the brainstorm phase and then you know look at logistics and practicalities and what can we actually do without you know having to spend millions of dollars and having to take up a week of people's time. Yeah, although, you know, week-long hens, I'm into it. What about when it comes to if it's a full day or a full weekend hen about packing in activities? Are you on the air on the side of more or less? So I feel like you should have, in any day, you should have like three or four elements, but like no more. So I was on a really great hen weekend where we like rented a house uh, down the country and you know we had one night where we got there and we all just had like drinks and got to know each other the second day we went we had a tea party in the house and then we went into the like next town to the pub for like a night out the third day we did like other little bits and pieces so it was wasn't jam-packed and we wouldn't have been able to pack too much into it you have to consider the location as well like if you are going to say Amsterdam okay you can probably fit in five things in a day if you want yeah but then herding like a bunch of 20 girls around Amsterdam or any city is like we've done that one as well and that was a nightmare like there was always five missing I don't know how bikes (laughs) yeah or people you know riding their bikes directly towards the canal (laughs) and we're all standing there on the curb screaming like Amsterdam's it a tricky one it's a tricky one I suppose you know think about what you want to do and like the Coco Chanel quote you know take one thing off before you leave the house pluck one thing out of the plans before you go through with them I think because Often, let's not forget that drinks are often involved. People have fuzzy heads. Maybe people would enjoy it more if it's not too jammers, the schedule. You want to let people have time to like have a nap, wash their hair, do their makeup, whatever they need to do. The glamorising is often part of the fun as well. So you want to make time for that. And, you know, depending on what the guest list is like, like on that hen night I was talking about the weekend long one, like we had the mams come down for part of it and we made a special, you know, event around the mams and the aunties being there um, so you want to factor in that kind of thing as well and speaking of mams and aunties what are your thoughts on on having them there 
I think it really depends on the kind of party that you think the hen would want. Mm. So I'm all about, as I know you are, Claire, like multiple hen parties. Yeah, milk it. <laughs> you had, I don't know, last count it was like six or no, seven. No, it was like four. <laughs> yeah, four. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah. I think definitely don't forget that you can absolutely have a hen party that involves like the older relatives and the mams or whatever and still have one that's like karaoke till 5am. Yeah. Yeah, if that's what or you're after. Or if you have a mother-in-law like mine, she'll be there at 5am. Oh, Charlotte, we love you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, definitely you can do things, split things up. Or if you are thinking of having a weekend, it's a good idea to plan something that's kind of close enough to where the bride's family lives so they can maybe pop in for an hour or two. Because in fairness, I don't think a lot of mams and mams-in-law really want to they go for... They can be for... really nervous about the prospect as well. So I think it's about managing if they are coming kind of let them know it's okay if they want to bail last minute or if they want to head off early and just kind of letting them see how they feel about the whole thing not putting too much pressure on them yeah I don't think a lot of them want to go for a weekend long rager in you know a Airbnb in Meath or whatever it is yeah. so if there is a way to incorporate them into one part of the day or the night or the weekend so like maybe just they come for the dinner and then they can see yeah. you know if they're a bit nervous you can say like look you can see how you feel and on the night ask them if they want to bring someone as well so ideally you might have your mom and your mother-in-law going but if that's not the case then like you can have an aunt or that's a great tip someone else to definitely come because I think it would be a bit like jarring for a mom to go out like one mom and you know 30 30 year olds might feel a bit off-putting or strange to her she might just not be comfortable with that understandably so and that's a good tip I would say as well do really think it through if you're having a mom there how the night will unfold or how you expect it to unfold because you might have the best intentions but if people do get a bit rowdy or if you have booked a stripper and you're not sure how it'll go down with the mom then don't have them there for it because it might end up spoiling the bride's night if she's nervous or worried or if the mom Let's off as one of a, a friend of mine I was at a hen and there were strippers and the mom was so angry and caused a big scene and started screaming at the bridesmaids and it was a whole thing. So you don't want that to happen either. No, that's not ideal. What was her, was she just like abhorred about the whole yeah, naked man thing? It was was yeah, her vibe? Yeah, she just thought it was really obscene. And Fair enough. Yeah. It's niche their own. But yeah, no, that's a, a good tip is... Like you, I also think you kind of need to treat the mams and the older relatives like a different person on the guest list. Like mm-hmm. you might send out a blanket evite, let's say, to all of the bride's friends. But for the mam and the mam-in-law and all of those kind of relatives, I think it's worth getting in touch. One of you getting in touch with them like yeah. one-on-one and just being like, look, this is what we're planning. Like, what do you think? And like having it be a conversation rather than sending her an invite and being like that says like, you know, drinks at nine, you know, club at 1am, like, it, you know, bring your penis straws. Like, yeah. that's obviously <laughs> going to... Sounds like a great night, Selena. I mean, some mams would be into that and I respect those mams very much. But uh, yeah, that's, you can't really treat them as the same kind of guests because yeah. they're certainly not. Like, yeah, the mam is, a, bit more. is a, a very different person yeah, in the bridal treatment. party. Yeah. It's funny, I think a lot of brides aren't sure who to ask to their hen. So for some people, it'll be a no-brainer. You're just having your 10 best friends and that's grand. But for others, they want it to be used as a way for all the women that are going to be at the wedding to meet each other. So you might have your other halves, friends, girlfriends, or your cousins or your sister-in-laws 
girls from work. So it just depends on, it's up to you, I guess, as to who you have. But if you're the person planning, make sure you check in with the bride and really ask her what kind of hen she has because it's very, or what kind of hen she wants. Because the dynamic of a hen of six close best friends and one of 30 of all the women you know in your life is very different. I think it's a strange one because, you know, some women obviously want to have everyone together in one place and I have had that experience where I've been a person on a hen night who wasn't super close to the hen but and was maybe a bit nervous about going because I was like oh god I don't know loads of these women or any of them sometimes and it does make the wedding day really nice then because you've got loads of pals you've got like in jokes you know for the night like you have like great lols in the dance floor with them because you've already had a night out with them um, but again I think for some brides it's really you know they'd rather have afternoon tea for six you know and that's obviously something again you need to figure out by putting yourself in their place and another one we get asked a lot about is about having mixed gender hen stags that's something that we definitely advocate for on the site because there's very few friendship groups now that are like specifically gendered and I think it's nice to include your male friends if you have some really close ones that you can't imagine having a big night out without. In my case I think I would be happy to have an all-female hen because all my male pals I feel like I do see them a lot and you know it's what's rare in my case is it's a rare treat for me to have all the girls together because so often the boyfriends and all the pals are there. Um, And there is something that I love about a group of women getting together. It's just a slightly different energy Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, something that doesn't happen every day. So I enjoy that. But I also am dying to go to hen stags because it means that I can go to twice as many pre-wedding bashes. Or if you're like myself and Marco, we both had our respective hen and stag and we had a hen stag. Like I say, we really... So it's five. (laughs) No, that's one of the four. (laughs) Uh, we've also discussed before the kind of tricky scenario of whether or not to invite male gay friends because you don't know whether or not they'll be offended. And I guess that, again, is another one that comes down to specific instances. You'll know your friends better and whether or not they'll be offended that they think you see them as one of the girls or that you just couldn't imagine the night out without them. Yeah, I think this is more of a dilemma from the bride's point of view because I think in most cases the bride kind of supplies the guest list. Yeah. Um, and if she doesn't, Outwardly, I would say it's worth saying to her, like, oh, do you want to throw a few names together? Because, you know, we might forget someone or whatever. Mm. It's a good safety net for you planning it. Um, Yeah, it's a tricky one as well. I think, yeah, you kind of just have to say it to the guy and be like, oh, look, totally don't mind if you feel a bit weird about this. But um, and it's handy when the bride does give you the guest list, because then you can say to them, you can like evade the awkwardness by being like, well, she put you on the guest list, so yeah, she'd love she you really to be there. there. But, yeah. you know, obviously understand if you maybe don't want <laughs> to spend the night with uh, 30 women, that might not be your jam. Yeah, that's fair. What are your thoughts on all the gear, the sashes, the tiaras, the straws? I mean, Claire, you're wearing a fake veil right I now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to say that I'm against the gear. Like the gear is fun. Yeah. There are obviously levels of class and trash when it comes mm. to the wedding party paraphernalia. Yes. I was planning a hen for my friend and she insisted, insisted she didn't want any, no strippers, no outfits, nothing. We got her a very elegant veil and a sash. And we did a little black dress theme. So everyone wore little black dresses. It was very stylish. Very chic. Yes. We get there. Like, we hadn't even given her a veil yet. Did you get me a veil or a sash? And it's like, yeah, we got you a veil and a sash. The minute we get out, she asked where the stripper was. 
And we were all so upset because we put so much work into finding this very classy hen weekend. There were spa treatments, little black dresses, and all she actually wanted was the veil and the stripper. So there's a certain amount where brides say they don't want it, but they actually secretly really, really do. I do feel like with the gear, as much as I'm not about like wasting and going and spending loads of money on absolute trash, I think it is handy to pick up a few bits and Mm. you can always gauge the vibe. You know, so if you do have like... Also, you can get like pretty sashes and, you know, ones that you think like would aesthetically appeal to the bride. But I think it's a good idea to, if you're in doubt, get a few bits, Mm. bring them along and look, worst case scenario, you had to drop them down to the charity shop or use them for your next hen party. Uh, Because I think it's kind of like the whole, I'm a bride, I feel like I should have a bouquet and a veil thing. You know, I'm yeah. a hen on my hen night. I want to feel special. I want to have like a bit of a morto moment. I think a lot of brides would enjoy that. I hate, and it's more of a thing among stags, I think, of the like putting on a humiliating outfit. I think that's so cruel. Like, No, I've I have no time for that. that. I have to wear like a morph suit. No, I've absolutely no time for that. I mean, yeah. if there's, as much as I'm not a massive fan of like costume parties, but if there's a dress code or if there's like, we're all getting dressed up. Yeah in some silly way that's fine because everyone gets to put as much effort into it as they want and everyone is going to be to a certain level comfortable Mm. like we heard of a hen party that was like RuPaul's Drag Race themed and I think everyone was invited to dress up as their favourite drag queen I feel like it was yeah yeah. Yeah. so in that case I'm like totally on board because I can go to as much or as little effort as I want and obviously in that case and you can have a few bits like a wig and like some mad mascara or whatever for the bride and then you can like you know, give her carte blanche, like go nuts with the theme or else like pull back or whatever. Yeah, that's a good shout. When it comes to the money, that's always a tricky element and it can sometimes be where arguments arise. Hens can get really expensive, especially if you have three or four or eight in a year. Yeah, my biggest bugbear with money and hens is when people are like, oh, we priced this up, but it was really expensive. So we're going to DIY it because that to me always ends up being more expensive. Like I've had a lot of things like that where, um, you know, that I've not been organizing. If someone else has and they've decided, oh, we're going to pay for like... um, you know, like an afternoon tea bus tour or something, but like we thought it was a bit expensive. So we're going to make afternoon tea in someone's house mm. and buy, we have to buy everything. And here's the list of things you all need to buy. And you're like, I would rather bring s- along a vintage teacup or something. I would rather spend the 30 euro, frankly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So think about that in terms of not just the money, but the time, because like often when people are going on a hen party, they might have five hen parties that summer. You know, they might be time poor yeah. as well as money poor. I know you want to keep costs down for everyone, but you also want to keep the effort down. And it's different if you have maybe one person in the party who's like really into crafting or really into whatever the theme is. But yeah, definitely consider where you can maybe save heartache by going to a place where things are taken care of, like you said, a spa weekend. I always thought that the bridesmaids paid for the bride, but we were in a meeting in work and everyone was like, no, you've been swizzed. It's supposed to be the whole, all the hens together pay for the bride. I would have thought that, yeah. Yeah. In my experience, it's kind of like when you go out for a meal for someone's birthday and it's expected that everyone throws in like an extra fiver for the person whose birthday it is because it would be sad for them to pay for like their own Oh, I never thought the bride paid for herself, but I always thought it just was between the bridesmaids, but that's really expensive on the bridesmaids. Yeah, and I I think the bridesmaids have enough to be spending on, you know, they're 
possibly have to be dealing with things like accommodation and shoes and all of that vibe. You made a good point earlier, which is to make sure there's a payday Mm. between the hen and the wedding, which is crucial, I think. Yeah, I think it can be really stressful, say, if you have a a hen on the 5th of the month and a wedding on the 20th and you have to try and come up with the funds for both. I would say with hen party planning, start really early. Not necessarily book everything really early, but, you know, give them a month of being engaged and then have the chat and broach it. Because if you do end up going abroad, which a lot of people do, you know, you want people to have the capacity to come like so if you want to go abroad or if you want to let's say have a weekend on a bank holiday you know the longer you leave it the less people mm-hmm. are going to be able to make it yeah and obviously there are exceptions to this so say if you have people coming from abroad and you want them at your hen and they're going to be at your wedding or if you're just doing a night out that won't be too expensive that's all fine but I think if you want a big blowout hen you should definitely leave some as much time as possible between that and the wedding yeah I think the worst case scenario is that you know, the bride turns up for her hen and half of the people are kind of like grumbling because yeah. they're really unhappy with how everything's gone and they're, yeah. you know, annoyed at someone for not paying their share. And, you know, that's like not going to make for the best night out. Really. Yeah, I think in the same vein as that, being really clear about what everyone's paying for and giving them the amount as, as early as possible really helps to eliminate that. So if someone really can't afford it, they know early, so they haven't signed up and then realise it's 400 quid and there's no way they can cover it. And as well, just that they know, OK, like if it is 200 quid, that 80 is going on accommodation and... 50s going on the train or whatever just so that they know as opposed to there's nothing worse than getting somewhere and not having a clue what you've paid for because you realise you're in a bunk bed in a dorm and you thought it cost you 200 quid. Yeah exactly that's why I'm a fan of you know going professional where possible because at least then there is a number up front. So when it comes to the logistics of planning a hen party we do have a few really helpful tips and and apps and things like that so Doodle is a really helpful one for working out what date suits everybody if you're trying to make sure as many people as possible can go. You introduced me to this for some event and I was like, why have I not always been using this? It's so handy. handy. You just get to block out what dates you're free and then, you know, uh, a date that just everyone just kind of appears. Um, That's really handy because you don't want to be, you know, a couple of weeks into planning and realise like her sister can't come. You know, it's it's hard to manage that without an app, I think. So I love the app for that reason. Maybe you don't need to consult, if it's a large hen, you don't need to consult everyone on the date, but definitely any key figures. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One thing as well that you always say that I am a big fan of is having a timeline for people Mm. which I think can really put people at ease if they're a little bit worried about how the hen is going to go or it's maybe not their scene whatever has been chosen as the activity or the night out Um, like having a timeline of like okay we're doing this at four this at six this at eight is really good at putting anyone's fears at ease and also I always really want to know when and where we're eating at any event I'll get really upset if if someone is <laughs> like is not the word <laughs> hangry it's beyond hangry if someone is like oh yeah we're just gonna like catch some like get some food whenever Eat with wherever. like a casual shrug mm. I'm like no 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 I need to know that food is on the horizon at some point breakfast is another one that people kind of leave to chance and I'm sitting there at nine o'clock and no one seems to be making a move for breakfast and I'm Getting aggressive. Yeah, and, and multiple people are still asleep and you're like... I mean, it's fine, obviously, if you can toddle off. If mm. you're in a city and you can toddle off and do your own thing, that's absolutely fine. But I think if you've brought people out of their natural habitat to a strange place for the hen 
um, you definitely need to keep in mind the meals and let people know and again like dietary requirements make sure to get those ahead of time and yeah absolutely everything like that I mean you were saying before Claire that um Marco's been in a lot of stags where the food is just left to chance. He went to one in Galway. He was away, I'd say 48 hours and ate in Supermax at least three times. That would be me. It, mm. I would be like, I need to pop out for a snack every hour yeah. if I'm not getting a full meal. But then that's for me. You know, the bride might be slightly different and might have a certain other element that's really important to her to get straight. But I think it's nice for everyone on the guest list to know what's going down and when. So if they have any issues, they can raise them ahead of time. They're not completely guessing. And in the same vein, when it comes to logistics, I really like this happened a couple of times on hands. And I love it when the bridesmaids have organised a minibus home for everybody. Even better if it includes a stop at the chipper. Oh, wow. That mm. is forward thinking. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, no, it's good to think of how people will get home as well. And again, like factor that into the costs up front, because if you are out in the middle of nowhere or if you're bringing people to the other side of the city, you know, that can be also a source of stress. Like you might have five people on the guest list who are like, well, we live, you know, an hour's drive away. Like, how are we going to get home? And yeah, kind of absolutely. worrying about that all night instead of having fun. Or spending two hours trying to get a taxi if you're somewhere where it's tricky. Yeah. Absolutely. If you can eliminate any of those issues for the guests, that's key. And likewise, if you're traveling train times and plane times, it's good to just be a bit considerate about it. Don't just do what what will suit you. Think about what will suit most people. And always leave more time than you think you'll need. Like I've been on a lot of hens where there have been flight delays and you kind of have to get things started without a key person. And it's always a bit messy. Mm. So try to, you know, leave gaps for people to get where they need to be. Yeah, no one's their best if they're stressed or hungover or rushing around or trying to navigate anywhere with a group. So I think it's wise to just let people know the plan and then they can kind of slot in or slot out and do their own thing. Yeah, if the maid of honour is like arriving in a massive sweat because she's had to run from the airport to a taxi and run to the restaurant, you know, maybe that's not the best start to the night. No. And that leads us nicely on to our very last point, which is make it fun. So there are loads of like little extras you can add on to basically any type of hen party. So games are one. Like I love the Mr. and Mrs. game, which I'm sure most of you have heard of or played on Fun previous fact, hens. it's probably one of the most trafficked features on One Fat Day. Yeah, people go nuts for it. On Christmas Day, it had, was it a thousand people? Three no, thousand three people thousand were years. playing the Mr. and Mrs. quiz on Christmas Day with their family, which we don't understand. But look, we're not going to turn away the traffic. You um, did a, an interactive a multimedia Mr. and Mrs. quiz at my hand. Yeah, I love a multimedia one. So this is when I usually write personalised questions about the bride rather than the generic ones. But the generic if ones are Marco is a hot sauce, what hot sauce would he be? That was literally one of them. Yeah. Thanks, Claire, for remembering. Uh, and then I ask the groom to record himself back answering the questions so we can do like a little pause play moment and I usually present and have cue cards and make it really flamboyant sorry everyone who has to like put up with that it's very enjoyable but I think it's fun and uh, I only do it if I think the bride would be into it yeah there's loads of games out there there's literally tons you can google there's lists of them on our site and everything but it's good I think to have an icebreaker of some kind even if it's just maybe like we thought we'd all like mix our own cocktails or something like that to get people talking if you have a lot of people who absolutely don't know each other like I'm not against name tags or name badges or something at the beginning that just helps people know and how how they know the bride and it does just kind of get people mingling a bit more and help everyone identify those who are there on their own and make sure they're included. Feel free to get creative with these as well like you Mm. could have a little badge that says like 
I know the bride because and get people to fill it in and there'd be funny joke answers that would get people mingling and chatting. Yeah, and make sure, do keep an eye out for anyone who's on their own because they mightn't be instantly identifiable to you, but it's really nice to make sure everyone's included. I have to say, I was once on a hen where everyone kind of ignored me and it was oh, no. really sad. <laughs> but you know what? The mams weren't. They were, the mams were there for me when I needed them and they were like chatting You're to me an or Yeah, so I was fine, but... Um, I have to say I was like God okay anytime I'm on a hen I'm going to really make an effort to make sure that everyone has someone to chat to because I didn't particularly like being left on my own at the end of the table yeah. while they were chatting about someone that they knew you know I mean that's fine at and least all. include you in the gossip at like. least tell me the backstory yeah. You know? Um. so yeah make sure people are included that's a personal tip for me yeah definitely and obviously drinking can be a big part of many hen parties mm. but I think it's important just to to look out for anyone who's getting messy I don't mean be like the hall monitor of the head but to just kind of keep an eye and just kind of nip things in the bud if anyone's getting dramatic or crying or being messy or you say that because that you know happen. that I'm always the yeah. head nurse <laughs> I am like I might as well have a badge that says head nurse which is yeah. going around making sure everyone's paid if they haven't paid already being like it's where's very my money helpful to have a Selena in your uh, life I don't like doing it but I just feel like I've you know taken on the role more than once so I'm experienced um, and I'm also the person going around being like do you have water like really aggressively putting mm. pushing water on people. She does that at work too. I do it at work as well, so it's fair. Um, but yeah, it's good to... And it doesn't mean I'm not having fun. I'm still having a few drinks and having the laughs. But uh, it's good to have that be someone's role. Maybe don't mm. call it the hen narc. <laughs> I enjoy the title hen narc, but other people <laughs> might not. You might want to call them like, you know, something like he said, like hall monitor. Yeah. Home monitor hen. <laughs> Home monitor hen. And in the same vein, though, if you are the bridesmaid who's hosting or the bride indeed, like it is really, really, really crucial to relax and have fun because I've been on hens where the bridesmaid is really stressed and worried of checking if everyone's having fun and forcing it isn't any crack. So I think it's important to just relax yourself and trust that everyone's having a good time. No, I've been on those hen parties as well where you kind of say to the person who organised it like, oh, you're having a good night, like everything's going so well and they kind of look at you like... <laughs> In, like with a face that shows you that they are not okay yeah. and that they don't think everything's going well uh, so yeah whatever you can do to make sure that you're relaxed like if you even have to take the day off work or whatever mm-hmm. to like just make sure everything's in place you know I definitely recommend it's worth it in the long haul I was at a hen actually with a superstar bridesmaid who planned the hen to absolute precision it was amazing and also got a really bad bout of food poisoning and was in the bathroom getting sick all night. Would come out, make sure everyone was having a good time, go back into the bathroom. No one knew until the next day that she'd been violently ill all evening. What a consummate pro. I know. I mean, I don't know if we expect that level know, from anyone who's listening because I'm... Go home and get into bed. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, you can always pull something out of the bag. Now like, She's a, a rock star. Dear Lord. And whatever you do, Make sure your bride feels super special. Yeah. That's the main thing is that she's having fun. She has everything she needs. It's the object of the whole thing. She has everyone she wants there. Yeah. Again, just come back to that idea that like it's a party for her that's supposed to be fun. I don't think we need to put any pressure on it like we did in the olden days of Mm -hmm. like it's her last hurrah. It's not her last hurrah. She'll have loads of hurrahs. (laughs) But, you know, make it a special night that's about her if maybe she's a bit shy and she wouldn't like a load of fuss definitely take that into consideration mm-hmm. and don't be bringing out the penis straws just yet you know at 2pm maybe <laughs> leave them to like 9pm uh, 
but make sure that there's at least a couple of moments where everyone gets to make a big fuss of her. Yeah, I really like the the little memory books or the photos or the thing you guys made me, which was a deck of cards. And on each of the 52 cards, someone had written something lovely about me and it's really nice. And I still look at it now. And there's just loads of sweet ideas of things you can do for your friends. It just makes it feel really special for them. One fab day, listener dilemmas. So when it comes to your big day, we are always here to help. And that means solving some of the dilemmas that you send our way. So this week, Claire has chosen an email from a listener who is going to be getting married this summer. Yes, this listener says, I emailed my friend from college to get her address for the wedding invitations. She sent it on and said she was excited to come to the wedding with her partner and six-year-old daughter. Any advice on how to say it's invite only and kids don't count? We can't really say it's a kids free wedding because there are a couple of flower girls in the wedding party. This is tricky because usually what I say to people is say it's an adult only wedding. Yes. And if in doubt, blame the venue. If in doubt, blame the venue. Absolutely. I think I think in this case still say it's an adult only wedding. And like when they get there on the day, they'll just have to deal with it. Yes. Is that harsh? No, I think it's fair enough. Or, or just say we're just having the children that are in the wedding party. Like you can say you're restricted for space. That's always a an easy go-to if people kind of want to come uninvited. Just say you're really restricted with space and, and you need to keep children to a minimum. A lot of times people are happy to to have a day off and to get a babysitter. And if if these guests aren't, then at least you're giving them some notice. I just think it's really presumptuous of any guest to assume that they're able to bring their children if that isn't the person that's been invited or if they're not on the invitation. Yeah, I think people forget that it is your wedding and that you can say no to things. Mm. I know it's obviously really awkward, but that seems to be where this conflict came from, that somebody presumed something was the case. And you have to remember it's within your right to be like, oh, actually, sorry, we didn't let you know, but we're really only having uh, the wedding party children here. So we hope you don't mind if it's just you and your partner. I think it's it's fine to say that as totally long as you're polite enough. about it. Yeah. So, I mean, it might be something it's worth doing via phone call rather than email or anything like mm-hmm. that, just to make sure that like you, the tone gets across. Yeah. And you end on good terms. But yeah, I think you're well within your right to, you know, say, listen, I'm sorry, but this person isn't on the guest list. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. We are gathered here in the site of God and his casino to join Homer and Marge in holy matrimony. Beautiful. Next! Now step away from the spreadsheets. As your big day approaches, you're probably up to your eyes in all kinds of wedding admin. And it's important to step away from all that and spend some time doing something else. Selena, what's your non-wedding related recommendation for this week? So call me lazy if you must. But Never. my recommendation is a self-enforced, non-hungover couch day oh I don't think I've ever had such a thing which I did last weekend it was so nice so I it basically came about because I was thinking oh I actually haven't like had a cold or a flu like in a couple of winters and I haven't been really hung over in a while without work the next day I haven't had a couch day for any reason and I thought why do I need a reason Maybe I'm just going to plan one out for myself. So tell me everything it entailed. So, I mean, there was a bit of prep involved. Like I had to get in like like literally a weekend's <laughs> worth of meals and <laughs> snacks 
and uh, sweet treats and all that stuff. I had to, I mean, it wasn't hard for me to like plan my next. I think the feeling. listeners are going to want to know everything you ate. Oh Tell me my some good God. stuff. I did like bagels and cream cheese. Nice. Um, with smoked trout. Oh, delish. Decadent. Um, I got some um, delish like lemony biscuits. I had um, my favourite chocolate, got a burn and my favourite chocolate. Lovely. I had some spaghetti with roasted veg for dinner. No takeaway. It was a whole moment. No, I did cook things, but I planned things that were very like low maintenance cooking Mm. um, that I just shoved in the oven and then it was done kind of thing. Yeah, and I had Netflix on the go. And I felt like that episode of The Simpsons where Homer doesn't go to mass. <laughs> and he's like, this is the best day ever. I'm just going to say, like, whatever I want to do in any moment, I do it. So it was really fun. So how often will you be fitting those in? Oh, I mean, listen, once a year is... is once a year? Is a treat to me. Oh, I'm I not it was going to be a new monthly. I'm not saying doing it, I do it every month, but it is fun, especially if you've had a really busy time and you haven't been taking down time. It's good to give yourself... It was really just about giving myself permission to be like, I don't have to leave the house today. Mm. I actually don't have to leave the couch today. And it was delish. Nice. You're going to be doing it? Maybe tomorrow. Ooh, mm. I like it. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast. That's it from us this week. We are total geniuses and have planned to go for a pint after we finish recording this, which I feel is quite apt. Absolutely, I can't wait. The subject matter. Uh, But before we go, we have to remind you that if you haven't already, please, please, please rate, review and subscribe to our podcast. Not only will it give us an emotional boost, uh, but it will make sure that we get an actual boost in the charts and it will give you a notification whenever a new episode arrives. And they always arrive on Monday morning. Feel free to drop us a line with any tips, topics or questions. You can email us at hello at onefabday.com or give us a shout on social media. We're at onefabday across all the platforms. And last but not least, visit us daily on onefabday.com. When we're not here, we're there working away on real weddings, planning guides and wedding style roundups. The One Fab Day Wedding Podcast.